Hi, and welcome back to another episode of The Breathing 411. Let's jump straight into this week's four thoughts. The first one is titled, Breathing for Better Mental and Emotional Health. And I want to start this one with a, uh, a quote from a student of mine from the May 2023 class of my Breathing for Better Mental and Emotional Health course. So here is what Tina Gilbertson said, quote, The information presented is interesting and inspiring. The power of conscious breathing cannot be overstated. I've benefited physically, mentally, and spiritually from taking this course. End quote. Thank you, Tina, for that just awesome testimonial and awesome results you saw. So this is just a reminder that I'll be rerunning this course starting August 20th. And of course, session recordings are available for those who can't attend live. In addition to all of the positive um, you know, anecdotal feedback I got from participants, the, the class achieved a 35% reduction in perceived stress. Um, so that was really cool to see, um, having people take questionnaires before and afterward. And then also I just want to mention the three things that people did that helped them so much was mindful breath awareness, which we cover in week one, mindful slow breathing, which we cover in weeks two and three, and week three is my favorite. And then finally in week four, we cover remembered wellness and remembered wholeness. So it's a really nice four-week course for better mental and emotional health. So I hope you'll check it out if you're interested at all. If you sign up before August 4th at 11.59 p.m., uh, you can get it for just $195 for the whole four weeks. Um, and then after that, it goes up to $295. So I hope you will join me. I just want to encourage people to sign up now while it's fresh, while, you know, while you're excited about it. Um, and so that's why you can get the little discount. Go to the show notes or back to the blog or the email to sign up. Okay, I will stop rambling. Let's move on to thought number two, mindfulness and the everlasting audience effect. So the audience effect is, quote, the effect of passive onlookers or spectators on an individual's task performance, end quote. So basically it just means when people are watching you, right, your behavior changes, most of the time it's actually for the better, but uh, not always, but it's, it's this idea that audience and audience affects how you behave. So I think we could argue that mindfulness creates an everlasting audience effect of one and that it always changes your behavior for the best because that one onlooker is the most important of all, you, right? So mindfulness allows you to see yourself, right? It allows you to create an audience of one. And I think that's one of the most powerful aspects of it is that you start to notice when you're being ridiculous or notice when you're being stressed for no reason or notice when you're doing great things as well, right? And, and applaud yourself for that. And so uh, that is the power of mindfulness, a audience effect of one. All right, let's move on to thought number three, your seatbelt for everyday life. And here is a quote. It's like when you're flying in an airplane. Whenever severe turbulence comes along, the seatbelt keeps you from getting thrown around the cabin. Mindful breathing is your seatbelt in everyday life. It keeps you safe here in the present moment. End quote. And that is Thich Nhat Hanh from Peace is Every Breath. So I have a question for you. Are you experiencing any turbulence in your life? Of course you are. <laughs> you are a human being, right? We all have challenges. So just remember... Mindful breathing is your seatbelt in everyday life. It keeps you safe here in the present moment. I give a round of applause to that. 
so powerful if you're going to experience turbulence turbulence strap in with a daily mindful breathing practice okay and the fourth and final thought for this week is titled something that helped me tremendously this week so what helped me it was this letting go while cultivating gratitude sounds pretty cliche right and it is but it really works but it was actually inspired by a book i recently read titled How Bad Do You Want It?, which is about endurance athletes, of all things. Um, And I read it, and I literally, just the minute I finished, I started over again because it was so good. I did not want it to end, and uh, so I was like, I'm just going to read it again. In any case, there were many, many lessons I took from that book, but one was that the greatest athletes learn to let go of winning and instead experience gratitude for even being able to compete in their chosen sport. Then paradoxically, this is how they end up winning, right? Once they let go, once they're just happy to be there, that's when they end up winning. And of course, right, we are all endurance athletes in the sport of life. So we can use this approach as well. And I've consciously adopted it into two practices uh, while doing my morning walks and while doing my morning breathing. And it is amazing. So if you feel so inspired, try it out in basically any activity you do. So here it is. Step one, let go of winning or any desired outcome you have. Step two, cultivate gratitude that you're even able to perform the action in the first place. It's so simple, right? And it echoes all the wisdom of all the uh, contemplative practices as well, but in the in the framed in the in in an endurance athlete's perspective, sorry, as I stutter over my words there, um, it just, it gives it a different kind of, a different light and it's so amazing. So try that out, let go of outcomes, cultivate gratitude. And with that, I will move on to the one quote for this week. Here it is. What if learning how to inhabit silence and stillness and awareness, especially when you do so with kindness, with patience and with self-compassion, is itself healing. And that is John Kabat-Zinn, PhD, from Full Catastrophe Living. I love that. So good. You could rewind that, listen to it about 47 times and let it sink in. All right. And finally, let's move on to the one answer for this week. The category is stress hormones. The answer is consistent practice of diaphragmatic breathing has been shown to reduce levels of this primary stress hormone. What is cortisol? That was a a simple one for you, right? Maybe. Uh, In any case. All right. Well, uh, along those lines of reducing cortisol, actually, I get to have a little plug today. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the iCalm relaxation shot I talked about last week. It's a perfect modern complement to our contemplative practices. So, Go back to the show notes or whatever, uh, or the or the blog, and click the link and use code Nick twenty to get twenty percent off. And you can see a little picture of me holding it in the room, sitting in the chair where I record these uh, these uh, podcasts. So go check it out. I love those little drinks so much; they're awesome. Okay, that is it for this week. If you're interested, go check out the Breathing for Better Mental and Emotional Health course. Uh, remember that mindfulness. One of the biggest powers is that it gives you this everlasting audience effect of one and it's always your highest self right your best self watching you do what you do and that's going to inspire you to do even better remember to buckle in your seatbelt for everyday life by doing some mindful breathing to protect you from the turbulence of life 
And if you're up for it, take one practice you do every day or any activity, work-related, anything, and try to just let go of the outcome and cultivate gratitude for actually doing it, right? And uh, instead of asking you one thing that resonates with you this week, I'll leave you with that because that's powerful, right? Let go, cultivate gratitude for the fact that you can even do the practice and watch your benefits soar. All right, with that, I just thank you as always for listening and I'll see you next time.